All right, what's up, everyone? We're back with episode 19 of Dub Jelson Podcast. We're bringing back Ryan Plummer for his third episode. What's up, bro? How we doing? Good, how are you? Not too bad. Trying to what's keep my, my sane. Yeah, how how you been handling this pandemic nonsense? Honestly, for me, it hasn't been too bad, and I'm not quite sure why, but I think a lot of it has to do with schoolwork and I know for a lot of people like the transition to online courses hasn't been super like strenuous but for me personally I feel like I've had more work since transitioning online and that's probably just due to the labs I'm taking because I feel like there's a lot more like emphasis on online labs than with classes so I've been like keeping busy I think mainly because of school but then I've also had like outlets with like I've been fishing a lot and playing the piano and watching a ton of Criminal Minds, but it hasn't been too terrible so far. Uh, where are you fishing at? Um, on mainly, the- yeah, or- mainly on, on Morse, but it's with, with the weather recently, it's just been too cold and the water temp hasn't really risen that much. So only thing really that I've gotten to bite so far, are like little sunfish and bluegill. So mm-hmm. I haven't got any bass, but recently I've been moving outward like fishing ponds because the water temps a little warmer but still haven't had much luck but just getting out of the house has been nice yeah i just left today me and my mom went and delivered some stuff to my aunt and my grandma but that's like the last time i went for a drive or anything was like three weeks ago when i moved out because other than that i've only left to run yeah yeah i mean i guess I was just going to say, I guess the only good thing about this, and like, because I'm the same way, is, and my truck eats like gas. It's, mm-hmm. I get terrible fuel or like gas mileage. So I've been spending a lot less money on gas, which has been fine. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't made many treks out of the house. So, um, are your parents working from home? Yeah, they both are. Yeah. I mean, it's pro- there's a lot of people that don't. I don't want to be mean when I say this. There's a lot of people that don't have the, like, don't have the opportunity to do that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if they if they do, like, a labor job, <clears throat> they probably can't do that as much. But, like, for you, and then, like, for my dad, he's a police officer, so his hours are going to be there no matter what. Right. So, like, my, my family and I guess your family is both lucky from that perspective that you guys you guys can work from home and then my dad's hours won't get cut like regardless right but my mom she cleans houses and um she hasn't gone to any of them in like a month really yeah Mm -hmm. i know we've had our house cleaner come i think once since like towards it was towards the beginning of all this so nothing was as serious as we anticipated and then we really haven't seen her since but yeah it's kind of unfortunate for those that are in positions and jobs that don't have the opportunity to like pursue them over the internet um which i know has hurt a ton of people um but like in person like for me like i i do landscaping like you know and so i've been able to do that as well but i don't know yeah it's just it's not the greatest for for those like maybe blue collar workers or workers that like require contact um during these times but yeah especially people that like own uh restaurants yeah because those are the things 
restaurants, I mean, like movie theaters, mm-hmm. they're kind of screwed anyway, just because everything's going to like streaming services. I right. think this might get a lot of them out. Yeah. Yeah. And but, like, I know personally, because my family will eat out occasionally. I feel like we haven't shifted too much. Like during this pandemic, I feel like our ratio of like eating in versus eating out is about the same. Like we'll, we'll do carry out every now and again, but with like the lack of dining, like or dining in, I guess yeah. it's that stuff that definitely hurts these businesses a lot because I feel like the majority, like outside of times like these, the majority of their business revolves on dine in and as opposed to like carry out. But while I, I feel like a lot of them are still, not necessarily thriving but surviving just because a lot of people do kind of want to eat out every now and again and so i feel like they will be willing to just like order food takeout as opposed to dining in because they don't really have the option but it's definitely taking a toll but maybe not as big of a toll as it could yeah i think it's less of an it has less of an impact on um chains like mcdonald's or wendy's or Chick-fil-A is making bank right now. Yeah. Did you see that yeah. video? Did you get that video from Derek the other day? Yeah, the line was just... It was wrapped all the way around and then into the road that it's connected to. Right. So there's... I mean, there's they'll be fine. But, I mean, also places like like Michelangelo's mm-hmm. or, like, I guess Asian Grill, like, on the square, mm-hmm. they, they do takeout. But it's still impacting, like... Those it's a lot of small businesses, right? Yeah, and like a lot of those small businesses too, like local businesses, because I know like food delivery services like Grubhub, DoorDash, Uber Eats, mm-hmm. a lot of them cater mostly to like these chains and corporations. Like whereas most of like the local businesses, I don't think have taken that route yet, um, and so maybe they've been hurting more than those bigger like corporate fast food and like restaurants because a lot of them do offer those services and um so i don't know like and i know my family too we've kind of like considered that and so a lot of times like once a week typically we'll like we'll try to order food from a local like eatery or like restaurant or whatever just to give them support because they're probably like out of all like the food and like restaurants they're probably the ones hurting the most i mean we have i don't think we've done that not that I remember. We've right. we've really been eating in. We ordered pizza once. Mm-hmm. But, but um, yeah. I mean, I I'm kind of hoping that the government can kind of step in and help these small businesses because I mean, if they're down so bad for one or two months, they might not be able to re- recover at all. Right. Yeah. This. Like, I was just gonna say, like this kind of short-term pandemic. Um, I guess, relatively speaking, could expand long term, because if if these businesses can't sustain during these times, then they might not have an option but to shut down. And then that would like affect like the local economy. And then also like all these local economies compiling together to affect maybe like the national economy, just with all these businesses shutting down because of this. So hopefully there is some like support and leeway given by like the government. Have you heard anything about Gatewoods? Like, is Gatewoods open right now? I believe it is. Yeah, I've I've driven past there. I drove past there today um, to go fishing, and I did see they were open. And it seemed like they were like 
plenty of cars out there. Like every time I've driven past, like people like getting mulch because a lot of people now have more time to do maybe projects around the house and it is like the spring season. So a lot of people are doing spring cleaning and like mulching and stuff like that. So hopefully they're, they're not one of the businesses that experiences backlash because yeah, it is not. like a, yeah. Cause they, they offer a lot of like goods and services that are kind of thriving now, like, especially mm-hmm. with everyone being at home. So I would, I would really hope that they're, they're doing well with all this going on. Yeah. I mean, the whole governor Holcomb said that, uh, he wants to reopen the the economy in early May. Right. And I don't know what he wanted to open first. I didn't read into it that much, but mm-hmm. I I think it'll be hard to do. I think it'll be a gradual transition. I don't think everything will be back to normal until August at the earliest. Right. Yeah. I think what might be a smart play, and I didn't read into it much either, but kind of identifying what is essential to open and like what is smart and safe to open back up um, and get those opened like earliest. And then kind of hopefully as we see a downward trend and everything going on, then start to open up the less essential like services and stores and everything just um, and like the ones that maybe aren't as safe or aren't as, it's not as easy to like, maintain boundaries in um if that makes any sense but just like open ones up that doesn't require too much work to like make it still safe but then also open up the ones that kind of are essential or like more essential than others i mean you can make a case especially at in noblesville that most of the place most of the places could be deemed essential because it's mostly just food right food and then like hardware stores and stuff like that uh it's kind of interesting to see like how dealerships would be handling this too i don't know if they're open or not yeah i'm not honestly i'm not quite sure 37 right yeah i'm i really haven't been out there and like so i haven't really seen what's all going on but like i know like for example i went to AutoZone last week to uh, get a battery for my mower and and like I've been, I went to I think Target once, um, but it's really those have been the only two places I've gone. And it's just interesting to see. And I mean, I guess it's good to see too because with those businesses staying open, they are taking like it seems like the necessary precautions to like maintain social distancing and like cleanliness. Because at Target, before anyone checked out, like I was in the self checkout aisle and they had two employees strapped with like disinfecting spray and wipes and stuff and after any time someone would check out they would clean the station first and then allow the next person to go and AutoZone was very similar um with like they had like a box set up in between the cash register and like the line and so you'd put it on the box and then they'd come grab it and take it back but yeah i'm not i'm not sure how establishments like car dealerships i'm not sure how they're dealing right now yeah, I saw Hobby Lobby was shutting down nationally. Really? Yeah, so places like that, I mean, those places won't open for a while. Right. But, I mean, did you see what Mitch Daniel said the other day about Purdue? Yeah, and it was interesting, and it was kind of hard to, like, gauge what exactly he meant, because, like, I listened to the radio interview, and then I also read the description, and it seemed like, for the most part, it was... Like within those, it was the same, but then there was all these other rumors 
coming in from outside sources and just like word of mouth. But it will be interesting to see how things progress, just to see how or see what the fall semester is going to look like for Purdue. But yeah, what are what did you think about that? I didn't see what he said um, in the interview. I just read the headline. Yeah. So basically, like what I understood from it is like and like I believe he sent an email out maybe a couple weeks ago saying that he like a formed like a task force essentially with some of like the high ranking um, staff at Purdue to just basically develop a plan for the fall semester um, and just in order to maintain like or to like stay with like the code of everything that might be going on and that things would likely look different. And then like in the interview, he said things will probably definitely be different during the fall semester. And then one of the radio hosts asked him if they, if he thought it was going to be online and he didn't give like a definitive answer, but he did say he was like confident in like Purdue students abilities to adapt to whatever changes. So, and I know some schools too have gone completely or maybe not completely, but online, at least for the beginning portion of the fall semester. So it'll just be very interesting to see and kind of see how like the story develops with the pandemic and then see how that affects the fall semester. But yeah, I think we'll probably do like the first half of the semester at home. Yeah, I think. Yes. And then from that, if things get better, but I mean, it's going to be tough, especially for, like, people that have to do labs, like chem labs and bio labs. Like, that'll be tough, which is why I think um, making all classes pass-fail mm-hmm. is a good idea. Or having right. that opportunity to make it pass-fail. Right. And, like, well, especially for this semester, and then even, too, for next semester, if the transition does take place and we're still online, then you got to, like, consider there's, like, thousands of new students that that's Mm. going to be the first year at Purdue and so they're going to have to start their college experience with an online format which definitely and like the first semester of college for me at least and I know for a lot of people is definitely like still a transition and it takes a lot of figuring out and so just that added stress of things being online makes me wonder if they'll if they'll make the fall classes pass fail if it is online but I do know like with labs and things like that um I was sent an email by the health sciences department um, just like in planning for like personally going to dental school and like it was geared towards those applying for graduate school. A lot of like graduate schools don't really favor classes with labs being taken online. So that also adds like some stress for me personally because I was taking a or I'm taking a, a class over the summer that has a lab. And with summer classes being moved online, that means my lab's going to be moved online. So I kind of have to consider, like, taking that, like, lab online because I'm not sure how the, like, the graduate, like, medical schools are going to feel about me taking a lab online. But at the same time, there's not too much I can do just because I need to take that class before I apply. So, yeah, yeah, it just, it just raises a bunch of, like, questions. But, yeah. I think that... I think that everyone's going to have to make sacrifices throughout this, especially like big businesses and things like graduate schools and colleges. Like they're going to take into account this whole year. Right. So I don't think that graduate schools will take, 
take that into account like too much. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I would hope they wouldn't. But if they did, then you're losing out on thousands and thousands and thousands of students. You know what I mean? Right. So just what it just wouldn't be smart. Yeah. And so like I don't know. I'm just hoping because I'm still planning on taking that class over the summer. Yeah. And so I'm just hoping like it doesn't have too much of an impact. And I like in an interview, I would hope to like explain to them if they do have any questions as to why it was taken online. But I'm sure or at least I would hope that they would understand like the circumstances because of all this taking place. I think they will. I think right. it'd be dumb if, if they didn't in right. any circumstance. But I mean, that's just my thinking. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't think we're going to have football this this fall. Yeah. I mean, right. Really and tough. like, and like with like the concern of classes being online, at least for maybe a portion. And you got to consider too, like the beginning of a school year, you're bringing people from all over, and people coming from like all over Indiana, all over the United States, all over the world, they'll have like come in contact more than likely with a lot of different people, even after maybe like quarantine restrictions lift um and stuff like that that still won't mean that we're immune or we won't come in contact with it and so it yeah it's it'll be interesting to see if we do come on campus then how maybe the cases like maybe specifically at purdue like how those will like fluctuate or like drop or increase or and how like that'll have an effect on gatherings like football games and stuff like that but yeah I think, I mean, I think we've only had one Purdue student test for it, right. which is good. But, I mean, you also have to take into account big lectures, because, like, when we were in bio, what stupid class was that? 203? Yeah. The, I mean, there's 400 kids in there. And then right. take a guy like Richard, for instance, from France, and he right. comes in contact with it, but he has the antibodies in his body. So right. his, he fought it off. And then he's in the middle and coughs in the middle of some big lecture and coughs, something like that. And it could spread like wildfire. Right. So I think they're going to take that into um, account, but it's going to be weird for like large lectures. Like they might not do large lectures for the whole semester. Right. And maybe too, like if like we do agree to have, or Mitch Daniels makes the decision to pursue with, in-person classes they might make restrictions on those large lectures and maybe turn larger gatherings like these those lectures into like online versions while keeping like smaller like 20 person classes in person but yeah and and like then too for you got to think with like bgr boiler gold rush um that's that could potentially be an issue because you know you, you have thousands of students new students in the program that all gather like in Elliot multiple times throughout the week. And then you also have nearly a thousand staff members um, like in BGR and like myself included as a supervisor that will all be in contact. So that's like kind of a worry too. I know with a lot of people involved with BGR, just because there's been like a lot of work put forth like for the program and like in, I guess, preparation for Boiler Gold Rush, but I guess a lot of people are worried that it may not take place and I'm not sure if it will, but hopefully it does. But yeah, I mean, selfishly, 
I feel like selfishly that you you would want it to happen. Just like right. anyone, like if they had like selfishly, I want sports to happen again, and I, I right. bet you do too. Right. But I think, I mean, we're just gonna have to suck it up as a as a society and as a school, and just tough or I don't know what the hell I'm trying to fucking say. Just just get through the semester. Right. And spring next year will be a mm-hmm. lot. Hopefully we can. Hopefully we'll get like a vaccine or something and get through this. But right. another thing that I was thinking about the other day was Rush, both Rush and then yeah. next year. Look, I, I don't see any way we're having a function. Right, any yeah. Any having a function. I feel like That's just, IFC and everyone would definitely maybe put a limit on that or like cap it completely just because – in that like space too, a lot of people are very close with one another, like in immediate contact and maybe like sharing things with one another. And so that, that like specific scene is definitely maybe a higher risk than just like a classroom situation, but that would, yeah, definitely I see reform to like functions if they do happen at all, or like any like gatherings like that. And then like rush too, that'll be really interesting to see because I know a lot of houses rely on like fall rush and like sororities, especially because sororities rush in the fall. And so that shift could be really, I guess, difficult for a lot of people. Um, and it'd be really interesting to see how that plays out and maybe everything gets moved to the the spring for rush, but, um, I don't know that that's just going to be super interesting. And like rush along with like so many other things just going to be so interesting to see how, everything plays out like when it comes so yeah i don't think we're gonna rush oh i don't i don't think we're gonna be i don't think we're gonna be on campus in august but um i kind of hope we're not just like Mm -hmm. for like a month or something just to make sure everything's fine because i think though there might be a second wave is what some doctors are saying right i'm not a doctor so i don't know anything about that but Mm -hmm. i mean for me i'm running for exec for pike and i'm not we're not having parties there's no way right right i mean it's not worth the risk at this point goes back to my point of like us just sucking it up and getting through this there and then next semester we can rush and have functions again but right yeah and i think a lot of like the precautionary measures that will follow maybe like a lift in these like current practices like you said like governor holcomb was talking about in early may kind of transition i think a lot of the precautionary measures that would take place like purdue and like other institutions and like just throughout the community i think those are to like hopefully limit a second wave just because while things or if things like get better between now and like may 1st say and like we can't necessarily just go completely back to normal after that because then that's almost just like asking for Mm -hmm. a relapse and like a second wave um so i think a lot of those precautionary measures are specifically for that reason to like limit or i guess lower the likelihood of like a big second wave that that could come with like lifting these guidelines that are currently in place did you see what i tweeted earlier i didn't um (laughs) there's this video 
it's a bunch of idiot. A bunch it says crowds of conservative protesters blocked healthcare workers from reaching their patients in Michigan this week. And it's a video and this fat lady is like in her car and she mm-hmm. goes, We should be able to do stuff and then she puts her hair and she goes, We should be able to go to the hairdresser and it's like all gray. Because like, she can't get her hair dyed. I thought it was uh-huh. so funny. I just I watched that up until that point. I can't watch it anymore. <laughs> oh, I've been too hard. Yeah, and but, I saw yeah. I saw something too on Twitter. There's like a picture of Jacksonville Beach, and there were just like like hundreds of people out on the beach. Like that's just so stupid. And then I think someone quoted that picture and said, "Well, no football season" or something like that. But yeah. um, I mean, some of my friends go out and like mm-hmm. do stuff. But they only do things with, like, two or three people, and it's been the same two or three people. Right, right. Which I think that's fine if you do that. But people that are going – I mean, you can't do a whole lot. But especially in Indiana, I feel like that's why – there's a graphic that showed how much people are traveling, and we're, Mm -hmm. like, one of the states. The lowest? Yeah, one of the lowest. Okay. So I feel like that's – we don't have a whole lot to do here, but especially – east coast and um in florida and california stuff like that where they have beaches that mm. i mean it's just gonna continue to rise or plateau right soon but it'll be a while before everything goes back to normal as opposed to us i mean i think we'll i think our numbers are going down mm-hmm. that's what they said the other day but i haven't i haven't checked religiously um, yeah i haven't i haven't checked much recently either yeah i mean Hopefully they do go down, or mm-hmm. they are going down. I know a big thing with, I mean, this whole situation's kind of been like an opportunity for people to bitch and complain. Yeah, you know, like a lot of people are just blaming Trump, Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's fair. I talked about this on the last podcast a little bit, but I don't know if that's fair. And then a lot of people are just like, whenever he does the briefings or whatever, they'll just mm-hmm. complain about that. And I'm like, we have a pandemic that could wipe us out. Right. That so there's 300 million different viruses that we don't have a vaccine for. Right. Something crazy like that. So, I mean, who's to say next year there's one that's 100 times more deadly than this one? Then we're all screwed. We all have to work together. Yeah. So I think that people need to just stop complaining. Put your pride aside no matter what no matter what side you're on and just try to work together and stay at home. Only leave when you have to. And then right. hopefully we can get over this, which I think. We will. Right. And I think like during times like these people just look for someone to blame. And I think a lot of those people that are like blaming Trump, I think that's, that's kind of what they resorted to. But, and like admittedly, like he, like, especially during the beginning of it, he, I don't think he t- took it as seriously as he should have. And, he, didn't, yeah. he still hasn't been maybe as adamant or serious as he could be, but I do think you're right that, like, if if we want to, like, do something about this and not just blame one person for the sole, I guess, state of our country, then I think we should all just, like, focus together rather than picking, like, a side and, like, arguing about it. I think if we all just, like, kind of do our part, then we'll see like a, a really big increase in 
like or I guess decrease in cases hopefully and increase in I don't know like you know what I mean though yeah <laughs> I guess increase in nothing but like a decrease in cases and like hopefully shorter time to normalcy I mean the people that complain about Trump religiously like on mm-hmm. especially on Twitter I see it a lot um I mean they're they're kind of stuck with him for another four years because right. I mean, Bernie just dropped out of the race last week, I think. Right. And I think they're they're pushing Biden. I think mm-hmm. he's won. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't really follow politics a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, my opinion is that we've seen Joe Biden like losing his, literally losing his mind. Right. Like he had some early onset of dementia, which I mean. I don't wish that on anyone. My great grandma mm-hmm. is going through right now, but and like I sympathize with him. That's why I don't think that he's equipped to be president. Right. I mean, a lot of pe- a lot of people are going to vote for him just because they don't like Trump. Right. I, mean, I think. I mean, obviously Trump says some really stupid stuff, but you need to look at his policies and other things like that because right. they, he was doing really well before all this happened mm-hmm. so they need to look at that and leave their feelings out of it for this election especially because i don't think biden's well equipped to be right yeah and i think with bernie dropping out that just eliminates like a, a third candidate dilemma situation um and i like with biden and trump i think you know most democrats are going to vote for biden and most republicans are going to vote for trump but like you said Trump is kind of a moron, like socially, he's a social moron, but yeah, like what he has done has been like really beneficial, especially for the economy. And I'm not, I'm not really involved in politics either, but I do know like our economy has boosted tremendously since his presidency. And even like, I guess you can see his like persistence with like wanting to maintain a healthy economy, economy during like times like this with like his stimulus checks and his like supposed like support to small businesses and local businesses, um, everything like that. Like it just shows, and like the economy of the United States is something that's been like hurting before his presidency. And I think he's done a really good job, um, namely with with boosting the economy and maintaining it um, and giving people jobs. So I do think he'll be hard to beat. I just I wish he'd become a little more competent socially and not be such like an idiot. But I, I do think he will be hard to beat in this election. But I think that if he just wasn't an asshole to people, right. That he extremely well liked because he can speak, he can speak publicly. Not, I don't think he's at the same level as Obama was in terms of like a public, but he, he has like amount an amount of charisma but, I mean, just the things that he says right. turn a lot off. And I don't particularly care for him. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly care for any any candidate that's been in the last two elections. Right. Except for, like, I did like Tulsi Gabbard. Mm-hmm. And I do kind of, uh, but that's just because I've seen her on Joe Rogan. So mm-hmm. she was able to sit down and, like, clearly explain her thoughts. And Bernie did that, too. But... I mean, I just I I just sided with Tulsi a little more, and then mm-hmm. I also like uh, 
Dan Crenshaw. You know who that is? Who? You kind of cut out. Dan Crenshaw. I don't believe so. Dude that has the eye patch that they made fun of on SNL. No. He, military. He's a he's a senator somewhere. But I li- I really like him too. I wish mm. he would run. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know how many people would vote for him. Right. Just because I think I think it'd be. Right. But I mean, I think he'd be a good president. Yeah, and like then too, like in talking back to Trump. It's not uncommon for to like cross the line and like the party line. Like, so it's not uncommon for a Republican to vote Democrat or a Democrat to vote Republican. But I feel like it's less common now just with Trump's like social capabilities, because a lot of like leftists and like people on the left side, they maybe are more hesitant and like less willing to cross that party line just because of the way Trump kind of carries himself like publicly um but i still think like with his policies and like everything that has ensued within the, his past president presidency i think it will make him difficult to beat but then again i'm not like entirely well versed in politics hardly at all so that's just kind of my superficial ideas and thoughts on it but yeah um i mean another thing that people kind of have have to look forward to is the draft. The NFL draft mm-hmm. is on Thursday. It, it yeah. crept up on surprisingly. I thought right. I'd be on top of it. But, yeah. I mean, what do you think about, like, what do you think the Panthers are going to do? That's your team. Honestly, I really don't know. I've I've briefly skimmed through their, like, scouting reports. Um, I think we need – we definitely need some O-linemen. Mm-hmm. And because we had no pocket protection last year – or last season, and I think, like, personally, as a fan, that's something I would like to see, and, you know, we got Teddy Bridgewater this year, who's, who's very agile, um, I'm, it's, I'm, like, hurt to see Cam go, but nonetheless, I'm, I'm still a Panthers fan, and it, it was kind of unfortunate to see that kind of unfold, because the Panthers, like, organization, they addressed it, saying they were allowing Newton to, seek like trading opportunities and like in newton's instagram post like shortly after that he said how he was kind of forced to leave and and seek a trade um and that it wasn't his opinion at all so i would have loved to see a healthy cam play for the panthers but just with his his recent bad luck and being unhealthy and getting injured i haven't seen no one's really seen a healthy cam play for the panthers in a couple years um but Nonetheless, I'm excited to see Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's a quarterback that has a lot of similar qualities to Cam Newton, and I think it's he's someone that can help like a young team out, like in terms of like our position players. But I don't know, and I'm excited too with McCaffrey's extension, um, just because I feel like now he's if he wasn't, he definitely was like last year, um, just the backbone of basically the entire offense and pretty much the team too, with like the leadership he brings, but. Um, now getting rid of Cam Newton, who he and McCaffrey kind of played hand in hand together because they're both so dangerous on the ground. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Teddy Bridgewater and and Cam, or McCaffrey pair, but I think I think that extension's huge just because McCaffrey's kind of been our go-to and he's performed extremely well the past few years. But yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm excited and hopeful, but I guess we'll kind of see. It's it might. 
And then we also have Matt Rule, who's the new head coach who coached at Baylor. And just based on like the, the clips I've seen of him, I'm super excited to see him get to work. But the Colts were thinking about him before we hired our before we hired um, Frank Reich. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the whole Cam situation is kind of weird. they were forcing him out from the get go. Right. Right when he got hurt. Or didn't you guys go like 0 and 2 or 0 and 3 and then he stopped yeah. being a star? That's, I, I believe it was the second game. Yeah. Well, after that, after they said he'll be out for a month, I was like, he's not coming back. There's no way. Because yeah. I thought they were they were moving on from him regardless. Right. Um, I heard a lot of things about him trying to go to the Bears. I think mm-hmm. that would have been possible. But yeah. I also think McCaffrey is going to go well with any quarterback. Oh, yeah. He can catch and run. Yeah. Run the ball and run the ball between the tackles. So I think, I mean, he can do everything. He should have yeah, been. He's, he's a beast. Yeah. He's, he's incredible. And I was, I remember vividly um, the season before last, I was super pissed because he wasn't selected for the Pro Bowl. And he had a, a really not as much of a dominant season as he had last year because it, it'd be extremely hard to top his last season. But he had like near 2000 total scrimmage yards like um, the year before last and he's yeah he can he can run between the tackles he can bounce it outside he can catch he's like he's such a utility player that like excels in every role like on the offense basically and so yeah I'm excited to to have him and I don't think he'll have an issue with Teddy Bridgewater and because like he worked well with Kyle Allen who's a lot different quarterback than Cam Newton was and he worked well with Cam Newton who's a lot different than Kyle, Kyle Allen is and yeah. So yeah, I think I think I'll have no issue. It's going to be interesting to see what, <clears throat> like, what all happens within the top five. Because I think there'll be a few trades, right? One or two trades for people trying to uh, move up to get Tua. I right. wanted to try to move up and get Tua or get Jordan Love mm-hmm. at the thirteenth pick, but we traded it. Um, but yeah, I heard a, I saw a lot of things on ESPN today mm-hmm. that said. A lot of teams took two off their board just because of the hip injury and all that. Really? Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I was looking to, because um, I think, what was it? So the the Wonderlick test, have, have you heard of that? Yes, yeah, like what the quarterbacks take, I think. Yeah, like so it's like, it's basically like an, like an exam. Yeah, it's, it's similar to like an IQ test that like a lot of employers will ask potential employees to like take just to see like their problem solving skills and like their like mental capabilities and the max you can get is a 50 and like a 25 is like a 50 so you should like aim for a 25 or higher and Tua was the last like ranked last in the quarterbacks he got a 13 (laughs) out of 50 and like I I took the exam or like a practice wonder look test yesterday just because i was curious on how i would do and i i missed one question and like it wasn't very it wasn't super difficult and but i don't know it was it was funny to see because nate stanley jake Fromm, and joe burrow they got 40 35 and 34 like respectively and then Tua got 13 (laughs) so that could be i don't i don't know how much of an impact like the wonderlick test plays like a role in maybe like quarterback selection. But if you think it's like a, if like you understand that it's like a problem solving kind of exam and like 
I don't know. I mean, two is obviously a great quarterback, but just to think that he scored so low is kind of funny. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I don't think they take it into account too much. I doubt they do. I've heard of, I mean, I forget who they are, but I've heard of a few guys that did bad on it that have been like Hall of Famers. Right. So I don't think it's a huge, a huge thing. Right. And it's more Uh, like technical and problem solved based, like more like an IQ test, like nothing that would have a major impact on the field that I wouldn't think. And like based on the quarterbacks, like Tua, obviously great quarterback, maybe not the brightest, but he does well playing football. (laughs) I want the Colts to get Jalen Hurts because I don't like, I mean, we're stuck with him, so I want him to do well, but I didn't really like the Phillip Rivers move. I think if we had a one-year, like a bridge quarterback, that Mm -hmm. I would have just rather preferred um, Brissett. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't know. I trust Ballard. He's done well so far. Turn yeah. dumbass team around from Grixon. How long do you think Grixon? Philip? Huh? What? I was gonna say, how long do you think Philip has left in his career? One year. <laughs> We're gonna cut. He's not coming back. Yeah. How old is he? He's old. Thirty-seven, and he has like fifteen kids. Jesus. Or he has like ten, maybe. I don't know. But he has a bunch. That's um, yeah. I don't know. We'll, hopefully, we'll be good this year. Right. But, um, another thing we have to look forward to is on Sunday the Jordan documentary drops, the first right. one at least on ESPN. I think that'll be damn good. Yeah. I heard. I heard that he was crying during it. Really. Because yeah, because it makes him out to be, like, a monster. Because they followed the around with cameras the whole year. Yeah. In, like, 97, 98. So, we're going to get some good stuff. Right. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. That comes out Sunday at, like, 9 on ESPN. This Sunday? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, tomorrow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll, oh, be, yeah. that'll be good. And, like, I don't know. I feel like on Netflix. I hope it, like, drops on, like, streaming platforms just because I know, like, recently especially I've been looking for good sport documentaries, like, on Netflix, and there aren't many. But I'm excited to see. And, like, I, I really enjoy watching documentaries, but I haven't watched too many, like, sporting ones just because I don't have, like, much access, like, on Netflix to see them. So, yeah, I'm interested to see kind of, like, a less superficial and, like, more deep look into Kobe's life or not Kobe rip um (laughs) Michael's life and like not just like on the court but like outside of that and like I I didn't know that they portrayed him almost like as a monster so it'll be interesting to see like maybe that side of him that the media didn't necessarily cover and that I don't like know about but yeah I'm excited yeah I mean I everyone knew I feel like if you searched a little bit that he was kind of an ass I saw I forget who said it. I think they were on a talk show mm-hmm. and said that Jordan was playing they're playing Go Fish. Mm-hmm. It was like that guy, Jordan, and that guy's mom. And mm-hmm. Jordan was cheating because because <laughs> he wanted to win that much. Yeah. Because he just wanted to win no matter what. Right. Six straight titles for a reason, because he's a dog. But right. uh, I think that it's gonna open some people's eyes that didn't really like realize it. But for kind of like hardcore fans, like Jordan and Kobe were total assholes when they were when they were playing. 
Like I think right. he, I think he beat up Steve Kerr, who's the Warriors coach. Really? Punch him or something during practice. Jeez. But I think he's done that like multiple times. Yeah, and I've I've heard more about Kobe than I have about Jordan. Maybe just because Kobe's more our like era. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't heard much about Jordan. But I, I could definitely see them being very similar in that way because I feel like they they have very similar mentalities when it comes to like competition. So I could see him definitely being an asshole, doing whatever just to win. So. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that ESPN kills it with the thirty for thirties and things yeah. like that. ESPN originals, I think, or is that Netflix original? I don't know. Well, whatever yeah, feature sure. stuff that ESPN does, like the did you watch the Michael Vick one? I don't know if I did. I think it came out in like the Was winter. It? So it's recent. Yeah, fairly recent. And now, yeah, I haven't. I think it came out. It came out this. I don't remember, but it was really, really, really good. Right. I like. And then I have ESPN Plus. I pay for it, and mm-hmm. I've watched. I watched Bo Knows, the one about Bo Jackson. That one was really good. Mm-hmm. I, wa- I watched one about. I think it was a thirty for a thirty about Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. That one was pretty good. And then they have other ones. Go look right now. Yeah. Do you see the uh, Aaron Hernandez one on Netflix? Oh. Yes. Yeah. That, that was good. That was that just was, like I didn't like that dude that was a uh, like his um, gay friend. Yeah, I think that him and his dad were just trying to get money. Just trying yeah. to get their name or something. I don't believe them whatsoever. Right, and because, I, I saw some things too, like on it might have been Twitter of them like like a kid that attended their high school and that guy wasn't even the quarterback or like I don't know, like it it I saw like a lot of things claiming that his story was a lie. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it was true. Oh, the Dennis Rodman one was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's UFC one called Chuck and Tito. That one was really good. And then they had, Oh, they have Peyton's places. Peyton oh, Manage really? On ESPN plus. And I liked, I mean, it's a little cringeworthy just cause he's trying to like get laughs and stuff like that. Right. But it was still kind of cool to see. And, like, he hung out with, like, Tom Brady one day. Then he mm-hmm. went in with, like, um, Mike Ditka and then Brett Favre. So he does stuff like that. So I think that's right. pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I, I was just going to say, I, like, the only way that I basically, like, find my sporting documentaries, I guess, were, like, most of them on YouTube because I don't have, like, ESPN Plus, which seems like has a ton. Yeah. But, yeah, I... And I, I wish Netflix had more because I feel like in the past they've had like 30 for 30s. Yeah, um, they took them off. ESPN, yeah. I took them off of there. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I got ESPN Plus to watch all the UFCs. So yeah. That's what so I didn't have to, it was like five, it's like five bucks a month. So it's not bad. And then you get right. like all the ESPN originals, 30 for 30s, all that stuff. So it's pretty mm-hmm. nice. Especially like during this time, I've been watching a few of those. Right, yeah, I wonder how, if, and I'm sure they have, but if, like, streaming services have seen an increase. Um, but I, I want to I know what that, that value is, just because, it's, obviously, like, people have so much more time, um, I, would see, I would think, to, like, just kick it and toss on a show. But I wonder, I wonder what, like, the actual, like, 
like increases like the number that that's like jumped but i bet it's huge like and and like relative to like there are maybe other um numbers like in like in the past without a, a pandemic but i wonder how big that jump has been probably a lot i yeah. mean no one can do anything i know i mean the people that are like following the social distance um mm-hmm. not really doing anything right and have you seen tiger king no okay. i did not watch <laughs> Neither have I. I don't i have don't know seen- if i will have I seen what? Have you do? Have you seen it, Tiger King? No, no, I'm not. I might watch it. I've been watching Criminal Minds over again, um, but I don't know. I, I wonder if Tiger King's success can be like attributed to the pandemic, just because. Like, I wonder if it would have had its, its success, like, had this not all been taking place right now. But I've heard a lot about it, obviously, and I'm sure everyone has. But I don't know if I'll actually tap into it but if i get bored enough i'm sure i probably will cave yeah i mean i've never i don't really like watch tv shows that much so i didn't really care about it i I think some of the clips that are on youtube and Mm -hmm. that people are fucking hilarious right when when, uh joe's eyes getting dragged by the tiger have you seen that Mm -hmm. one no i haven't it's really funny i'll I'll send it to you later okay <laughs> he doesn't get hurt. He's like he has like a brace on his knee and uh-huh. he's sitting there and he's uh-huh. surrounded by lions and tigers or whatever the hell they are. And one of them like grabs him, grabs his shoe, and he's like beating it with a cane. <laughs> Not beating, smacking it. It's uh-huh. pretty funny. But I've never really like gotten into like I didn't get into Game of Thrones just because I feel like a lot of people got on the bandwagon. Right. This this past year, this past fall, I guess. Or was right. that last year? I don't know. Like, I feel like a lot of it, it's been like both. I feel like at least I've heard about it like the past two years pretty heavily. Yeah. yeah. But for yeah. me, like personally, I, I, I like have a hard time picking a show to watch and because I don't want to like spend my time or like put myself out there to like start a new show that I haven't seen or heard about a lot to just be like let down by like the content of it so i've seen the office i'm now like watching it for the sixth time i'm watching criminal minds for the second time i've watched breaking bad twice um and like just because i i know that i like those shows and i don't want to like take the time to try to find another show just because i don't want to waste my time and like find one i don't like which is probably a stupid strategy but that's just how i'm wired for some reason the only shows i think i've gone through are How I Met Your Mother, mm-hmm. Blue Mountain State, The Ranch, and that 70s show. Right. So it's like, I haven't really watched Netflix and I don't even know how long. It's not on my phone or my right. laptop. Thing. So I haven't really watched it in forever. But yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's getting kind of late. I'm going to wrap this up. Um, before I leave, or before we leave, I just want to send our thoughts and prayers to uh, Brandon Newman. His father just passed away from um, COVID-19 yesterday, last night. Um, so I want to send my thoughts and prayers to him and his family, the whole Boilermaker, Boilermaker family. And then, yeah, that's about it.
Thanks for coming on, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me on, boss. It was fun. Yeah, for sure. Peace out, everybody.